Thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. Today's going to be a fun uh, podcast recording that actually it's funny as i say that it's like the other podcasts that i'm recording aren't fun <laughs> this one is going to be just as fun but i'm excited about the guests that we've got on today um as many of you know uh, this podcast is all about helping uh, look at your money differently uh, as well as um, helping yourself develop and personally develop uh, to where you want to go and uh, i've had the pleasure of having uh, a couple conversations with our guest today his name is nicholas cole He is an author, he's a speaker, he is a top writer on Quora. He's the founder of Digital Press, which is a thought leadership content and branding agency for different companies. He's appeared in Times, Forbes, Fortune, and several other publications. And he just co-authored a book with clinical psychologist, Dr. Matthew Jones called Slow Down, Wake Up, 150 Short Meditations for a More Present Life. And after reading it, and I actually read this prior to all the stuff that's going on right now, and I've actually reread it again, and I thought this would be a very interesting and um, fun conversation, especially in what's going on today. So, uh, Cole, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I gave you, I gave a little bit of background on you. Um, you've got a very even more in-depth background because I know you started with World of Warcraft yep. to bodybuilding to where yep. we're at today. Like, if you don't mind, uh, and I've actually never asked you this question, like, how did this all come about? Like, how did you get to what you're doing now? Ah, oh, curiosity, man. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just obsessed with learning and. And if I, if I get curious about something, I don't, I don't just read about it. I don't just, you know, try it. I, I convert my entire life to become it. That's just who I am. So when I, when I was a teenager, I did that with gaming. I, yeah, I, I wrote a book about it, but in the, in the book, I tell the story. I actually wanted to play in the NHL as a, as a kid. And okay. I, fra- I fractured my spine playing hockey and I was 14, 14 years old, I think. And, you know, as a kid, your like childhood dream just gets like ripped from you. You're like, I'm never going to play in the NHL. And, uh, and who knows if I was good enough. I like to think I was, but you know, um, and, and at the same time, this kid at my high school introduced me to world of Warcraft. And I just, I think it was like, that's it's that innate uh inspiration you know i just like converted that into something else and i was like if i'm not going to play in the nhl i'm going to become a pro gamer and four years later i was a pro gamer and then after that i i found out i had celiac disease and i couldn't eat uh like i'm allergic to bread and gluten and that's in everything in america and so i was you know so i was really sick growing up and basically realized i had to pivot my whole diet so i was like all right well if i'm going to eat essentially like how a bodybuilder eats i might as well just become a bodybuilder so i was eating chicken and rice and vegetables you know six times a day and i put on 80 pounds of muscle and became a bodybuilder and that's just you know and 
so eventually uh, all of that kind of led to, you know, I studied creative writing in college. And then after college, I worked in advertising, had a really great mentor there. And he introduced me to entrepreneurship and this idea of if you have an idea, who's to say that anyone else's idea is any better or worse than yours? Make yours happen. You know, and that was the first time I think I really got permission to say, you know what, I do have an idea and I'm, I'm going to take the things I've learned and make it happen. And so I did. And so I took my love for writing, built a company and, you know, hit seven figures in revenue in less than 10 months and just sprinted. And, you know, I just, yeah, everything I do, I just, it's curious and I just have to go all in and, and create it. So you brought up something in in what you just said there and you said you gave yourself the permission almost to 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 start this this writing and and obviously you built it to to be something rather rather popular because you know you speak very authentically and it's it's all about helping people what what i you mentioned your mentor and i think that's probably maybe the answer to my question but outside of the mentor is there anything that landed with you differently this that gave you that permission like what was drawing you back from the from the beginning essentially well i think it was it, it was a it was a stepping stone every everything in life is a stepping stone and so i what i find is people get really caught up in in figuring out how can they achieve the the ending before mm -hmm. even questioning do they have the skills to get past the first step. And so as I've gotten older and I kind of retrace my life over and over again is gaming for me introduced me to the mentality. That was the first time that I really thought and, and became aware that I could set a goal and I could make steps to achieve that goal because it was a game, right? It's like, if you want this item, you have to go kill 20 boars to get the item, right? And so in a weird way, it's, it started to train my brain to go, a goal is nothing more than you just have to understand the steps in order to get there. Bodybuilding then became the way of taking that and applying it. But then to be honest, it, that nurtured my confidence a lot. I grew up really sick. Mm. I was super skinny. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was kind of this weird like gamer kid. And bodybuilding is what brought me out of my shell and made it okay for me to be like this is what i believe and this is this is what i care about i care about lifting weights let's start there you know right. it's the first time i had ever really shared that and then in advertising same thing then the next step's like all right well you feel confident now sharing what you care about now do you feel confident coming up with an idea that doesn't exist yet and standing by that until you see it through and essentially that's bodybuilding that's everything you know it's like i look in the mirror and i'm like i have no muscle and then four years later i'm like i'm shredded you know it's the same same thing so that's it's really hard when someone's like how do i build a successful company how do i put on 80 pounds of muscle how do i become whatever they're asking the wrong question the, the right question to ask is am i doing the thing I want to do, that I say I'm going to do, am I even taking the first step today? And most people aren't. Yeah, it's it's first take action and then the discipline to continue to take action. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, because you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna wake up tomorrow, look in the mirror, and go, "Oh, I went from being 80 pounds and underweight to I'm 180 pounds and a shredded bodybuilder." That takes years. So, yeah. do you believe in what you see in your mind, or or do you believe the reflection in the mirror? Right. Yeah, it's you know, it's funny we just report, recorded a, a different podcast about discipline and how it's a four letter word in most people's mind growing up and maybe even afford a letter word even when you're an adult and even myself um it it when when you think of discipline you think of disciplining your children mm. right and it's and it's more of no it's more of routine might be another word for it of doing something over and over again even when you don't want to do it so yeah and, and but what's hard is even when you explain that to people what comes to mind is they think well that sounds boring you know <laughs> yeah. but but the truth is like a like yeah <laughs> you're right but but what else is really boring too is waking up every day like not not moving toward the thing that you want to become yep that's that's more boring than doing the thing in the first place so yeah, it's to be honest, my whole life, I've, I've talked about this for a very long time. I've written about it. I've spoken about it. It's like, I'm such a big proponent on it's big, big actions do not happen in one movement. Mm. Big actions happen as a result of hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of micro movements. And so that's why I always pay more attention. Like, when I meet someone, when I work with someone, when I interview someone, anything that I'm doing, I'm always looking at what are what is their habit today, because that habit is going to give me insight into where they're going. Yeah, love it. And it starts with that action piece, which you know, you and I had this conversation about your recent book here, and um, one of the poems in the book is number thirty-three, which is my favorite one in the in the one, and it's it's called "What Do I Wait For." And um, many of you don't know, uh, those listening right now, is I've been thinking about doing this podcast for years and just what in the world was I waiting for, right? Taking the action on it. So, um, you know, staring us back to the book, I've already derailed us in conversation. Sorry, Cole. But uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. You know what? I, I have a copy here. Here, we should, we should have people listen to it. Number 33, what do I wait for? As if there is some finish line, what am I waiting for? Is there any moment truly better than this one to take action? If no end is ever really the end, then what on earth do I bother with waiting for? Yeah. It, uh, do you know why I wrote that? What's that? So why I wrote that was as I was building my, uh, my first company, Digital Press, we were growing like crazy. And I like stopped writing because I was working like 14 hours a day. And every day, every day I would wake up and I would be like, tomorrow I'll write, mm -hmm. tomorrow I will write. And I eventually, I got so frustrated. Like that's where a lot of those poems came from. They were just things that I wrote, you know, in the bathroom on my phone or in my journal while I was traveling. Like they were always between things and yeah, one day I just got so frustrated and that's and I wrote that because I was like that that was me asking myself, what am I what am I waiting for? There's no tomorrow. I'm either gonna do it today or I'm not. So 
what's the point? And that's like the whole book is nothing but like those small moments of reminders to myself. And that's, that's what made it such a special project. Yeah. So, so clearly that's why you wrote the book, right? Just, is it just out of making your, or essentially taking the action to write these different poems and you wanted to get this information out there so other people could take or read into the poems what they want to read into it or was there something else it's that but it's it was also just reminders to myself mm. you know like i wrote that asking myself that question genuinely that wasn't even like oh this would be a cool idea for a poem that was me literally asking myself like what what am i waiting for and that's the whole book is all of these little moments where i just had these questions for myself saying what well, you know this is what's most important. Why aren't you doing that? And and I think that's what makes a special project is if if it starts with yourself and these are the things that I'm going through, these are the things that I'm questioning and you can capture it. Then when you give it to other people, other people go, oh, I resonate with that too. Because what you captured was something that we all experience. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I told you this prior to starting recording, and um, I even mentioned it when I, when I introduced you here. I re I've been rereading it, um, and as I reread the poems, especially now with the world, you know, really changing. I mean, it's amazing how much the world is changing, and we still haven't, like, experienced the full change, because after this is passed, how does the world change, right? There's There's several mm -hmm. steps to this. So as I'm rereading these poems, you know, I've experienced different things in the last month, obviously, in the way I'm living my life and and being, you know, stuck in and stuck in my house. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. You know, I'm very blessed in the fact that it, my family and I are, are healthy and, you know, I, I'm able to do what I love to do. But as I'm rereading the poems, I'm literally seeing different things in the poems that I didn't see the first time. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd encourage you listeners to, to pick up the book and, and read through it and then like reread it again. Because sometimes your mood as you're reading the poems, as you read into the poem a certain way. And then if you read it again and you have a different mood, you're going to read it again or you're going you're gonna to pick something else out of it. So it's really cool experience that I had for that. So just thought I'd share that. So the whole the whole point actually. So. When I first graduated from college, I got, well, in college and then after, I got really into meditating and I got really into um, asking myself, you know, what am, what am I feeling and why am I feeling what I'm feeling? And to prompt, I would meditate every morning and to prompt that, I would read uh, some poetry. And I, what I read for a long time was Osho, you know, he has a bunch of books of poetry and mm -hmm. um and the whole purpose of it was every time I would read a poem, what it was asking me is exactly what you is what you said is like, what part of me is reading this right now? Mm. You know, sometimes you pick up a book and and you instantly can feel how present you are. Sometimes you pick up a book and you're like, yeah, whatever, this isn't even that good. Uh, you know. Yeah. And so that was another big idea with this book is, it's really asking people, look. I'm not telling you to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. I'm telling you to literally take 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, whatever it is that you read, the point isn't just to read it. The point is to be aware of how you feel as you read it and where you're reading it from. 
And then that tells you like, what do I need right now? Do I need to take care of myself and slow down? <laughs> do I need to, you know, do I really need to work harder right now? Or do I need to, you know, relax and take a minute and maybe sit back and look at the sun. And like a lot of times we just go, go, go. I struggle with this so much. I just go and go. But the whole point is to like take a moment and go, what do I need in order to be more effective? What do I need to do right now? And for the most part, what I need to do is I need to slow down every time. I think a lot of us have heard you have to slow down to speed up. Yeah, I love that phrase. Right. Um, and I used to hate the phrase. <laughs> Mainly because I just didn't, I don't think I understood it is really what it came down to. Um, yep. But, you know, as, as many of us have so many things that we're working on from a personal um, side, professional side, from a hobby side, um, but it really does like when you're going too fast and you're really not purposeful with your, with your actions, you, you either overstep or you misstate or you just miss things completely. Mm -hmm. And what you just said there, just that 30 seconds to take a step back and, you know, read a poem is a version of meditating, allowing your brain to just kind of like woosah for a second yep. and really think about, okay. What did I just take from that? What can I what can I do with that moving forward? Mm -hmm. So, um, so let's let's take a let's take a change um, into thought leadership here. So thought leadership and branding, um, you know, can get confusing, can get twisted. I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. Um, talk to talk to us about the the difference, or can you explain? the difference between the two and, and why it's so important to to have that out there well it's a loaded question there's there's I a know. lot of nuances um <laughs> the the big the biggest the biggest thing that i try and explain to people is um my personal belief is that all of us um are already playing the game of quote unquote personal branding I don't think that that's necessarily the best term for it, but with the internet and the fact that we all have Facebook profiles and Twitter profiles and everything, we're all playing the game already, okay? If I look you up on the internet and I see four pictures of you on Facebook, like I make a judgment about you, right? So because that already exists, it then becomes a question of, do you wanna play the game consciously or unconsciously? Mm. And, a lot of, and a lot of people think, well, I'm not, I'm not part of that, right? I'm not playing that game. I'm just, I'm uh, like, they almost think that they're using it passively. I only use Facebook to upload pictures of my family or whatever. But the truth is you're still eliciting a response from other people. And so it's okay if you say, I don't really care what response I'm eliciting. But my, my personal belief is that if you play the game, quote unquote, intentionally, you end up attracting more opportunities into your life, more things that you want, more people that are gonna align with the things that you align with. And so how you do that and how you play the game intentionally is by sharing who you are at scale. So this is now, I mean, in the business world, this is called thought leadership marketing, but this is stuff I've been doing for 10 years. Like it's this idea that if I were to meet you in real life, Brian, if we were to go and have coffee together, you would be like, who are you, Cole? You know, tell me some things about you. And because we're sitting there having coffee, I'd be like, well, you know, <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, I 
was a pro World Warcraft player when I was a teenager, right? Random fact. You're like, oh, I'm going to remember that forever. Sure. And we do this in our personal lives. We share these personal stories, and that's what makes us feel like we know each other, right? I know something about you. You know something about me. When you do that at scale, when you do that on on the internet and on platforms that have larger distribution potential, what happens is you're broadcasting to the world, this is who I am. And then the people that align with who you are will then be attracted to that. So for a long time, I was really hesitant about talking about my teenage years as a gamer because I was like, no one's going to like that. No, no one's going to understand that. And it's turned out to be the complete opposite. I can't tell you how many, how many times people have reached out saying, I, was, I played World of Warcraft 2. Do you want to come on my podcast? No way. My son's a gamer. Uh, I just found your, your service. Can we work together? Like mm-hmm. really weird things that just it's, you share this thing in common. And so the difference, like brand, branding, I feel like is it, it, it's the almost more like aesthetic execution of that. You know, it can be the style of pictures you associate with, you know, fonts, colors, um, all the way down to like even, you know, messaging and what you stand for. But this idea of thought leadership is purely is nothing more than the idea of I'm going to take who I am and I'm going to be very intentional about saying these are the stories that represent me. And those are the stories that I'm going to share with other people. These are the perspectives, the insights to the point where, right, this podcast, very beginning, you shared like three core stories of mine to be like, this is who he is. But the reason you know that is because I intentionally shared that. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I love what you said early on when you were talking about conscious versus unconscious, right? Um, I, I don't know if this is a true comparison, but you know, when I first um, got out of school and I was talking to my father about what I wanted to do for a living, um, like the first thing out of my mouth, which is interesting because no one ever told me to do this, but the first thing out of my mouth is, I definitely don't want to be a salesperson. And my dad just started laughing. My dad was a computer science major, like he wasn't in the quote unquote sales. But he 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 was in the Air Force. His dad's dad was in the in the military, right? We just come from a military background, and he he kind of stops me and he just goes, "You're going to be selling the rest of your life." I go, "What do you mean? I'm not. I don't want to do that." He's like, "No, like what you put out there represents you. You have to constantly be aware of how you're being present, how you're presenting yourself to everybody, because the last thing you want is to present something that you're not or you don't want to be." and attract those type of people around you because that that then starts the whirlwind of going down the wrong side of everything you don't want to be yep and actually okay perfect perfect segue is at the beginning you talked about how this podcast is also you know there's the money element and then there's also the personal development element and through the money lens right everything would tell me that the best way to spend my time would be to talk about thought leadership marketing all day, every day, Mm. probably because that's going to lead to the most business for me. And then that's going to lead to the most revenue and then, you know, hooray. But this poetry book, right? Like I didn't sit down and go, I'm going to write a poetry book because I think that's going to make me a lot of money. 
I wrote it because it represents a part of me. And it's another, it's another way of me saying at scale, here is, here is who I am. And as a result, right, you, someone goes, I resonate with that. We should talk about that. And then here we sit here and I'm really enjoying this conversation. And so there's, there's this duality of making decisions in your life where the end goal is finite. You can, you know, you can touch, I made more money. I got the achievement. I increased my title, whatever, like that's good and that's fine. But there's another side that is more ambiguous and it's more, if I share parts of who I am genuinely in the same way that I would a friend, what does that do to my life? And what that's done for me is that's attracted really, really great people because people go, that's who I am too. I resonate with that. And then they have their own careers and their own lives and their own perspectives. And some of the most successful people that I've connected with and that I've worked with have been the result of something personal that I've shared. So that wasn't me networking. That wasn't me trying to achieve a goal. It's been, it was me saying, this is who I am as a magnet, right? And I'm going to attract someone else who also resonates with that same quality. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy when you when you think about the, the aspect of uh, take my business for example and I'm just going to I'm probably going to repeat what you just said but I'm 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 putting it in different a different perspective Go here. Go for it. Um when I first got into the financial planning industry, right? So I run a financial planning firm. And when I first got into that industry, as a, as an advisor, I was trying to attract people to help them with their money decisions, essentially. Mm-hmm. And when I first got into it, right, you could, the stereotypical approach is to, to talk to people, A, who have money, right? So you're trying to go after the, the people that have the money but you almost misrepresent, like you're trying to talk language that you're not. Mm-hmm. And then more and more I found out, even if I attracted that person that I was speaking to, but I wasn't speaking to like my authentic self, I didn't even want to work with this person. <laughs> it's like, this person is nothing like me. I don't enjoy getting on and having meetings with them, talking about their money. Like, this is just dumb. Even though I'm making good money, I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So slowly I've shifted to just more, more my authentic, more blunt self. Um, uh, you know, I would, so some people like that, some people don't, and I'm okay with that because it's coming from the authentic piece where I can engage with people in the way that I want to engage with them. It doesn't mean that I don't practice to be better. Like obviously I can't be an a-hole, but, <laughs> but at the same token, I have to, represent myself authentically so I can work with people that I want to work with. So I guess that really did just repeat what you just said, but just said in a different way. Yeah, it's I honestly I've been I've been thinking about why this is for a really long time. And I think it's because when you're first starting out, you're even when you're younger, and as much as you don't have a sense of self when you're younger, you you do though. You think you have a very strong sense of self. And so because you think you do in a sense you do. And what you don't have is like, you don't really have accolades. You don't have titles. You don't have markers that say you are successful in the real world yet. And so because of that, there's an imbalance. 
So on the one hand, you, you're like, I really know who I am. And on the other hand, the world doesn't really acknowledge you yet because you haven't really achieved anything. Like, who are you, right? This is right. very like American society. And so what happens is when you first start out, you, you have to overcompensate, right? So you have to be like, I'm going to talk the language of a professional and I'm going to be professional. Yeah, fake it till you make it. it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it isn't until you've, you've successfully faked it, right? And I went through this. Everyone I know has gone through this. This is, just part, this is just the journey. It isn't until you've successfully faked it that you realize what it is that you're not. Mm. And, and then at that point, it becomes more conscious. And then you realize my life is just my life. I'm doing this because I'm e- either hopefully you're curious about it, but you also need to put food on the table, okay? And then you have to start finding this balancing act. And, and that to me is where that real, that's where the real journey begins is then you're like, how am I both myself and also quote unquote successful in the world? And the more that you can make those two aligned, mm. the happier you're going to be. The more people yeah. go, this is who you are. So true. So true. Um, that might be the, the best way to end this podcast, Cole. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave on a mic drop, sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's just boom, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, I, I encourage everyone to to read the book and I I love hearing what people have to say about it. So anyone who sends me emails, I always respond. But yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to read it, Ryan. That that means a lot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, check the show notes out. You go to Amazon and you can check out his book. Again, the book is called Slow Down, Wake Up, 150 Short Meditations for More Present Life. Um, so check that out. Um, you can also check him out at nicholascole.com and uh, ask him any questions there. So uh, Cole, again, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, for those of you listening, check out the stuff. And as always, make it a good day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 9171. 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member of FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020. 99519 expiration April 